Sometimes you gotta go back to actually move forward. I don't mean all the way back to dental school. Let's face it, that was an awful experience. But when it's all said and done, you still have questions. That's what Paul and Justin are here for. To answer your questions as your dental business mentors. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of Dental Business Mentors. It is Bacon and Eggs, Dr. Paul Etchison, Dr. Justin Boar. What up, Justin? How are we doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. We are in sort of like mentor mode here. So yeah. we're, we're going in. You know, I don't know if anybody knows this, but Paul and I don't pre-plan the answers to any of the no. uh, questions that are asked. There's no pre-planning here. No one's worked on it. We're Unscripted. telling you what comes to mind based on the things that we've done. Right. And that's what I love about it because I love uh, hearing Paul just share his experiences and it's all on the spot. It's it's not rehearsed, which is always fun to see. I formulate my answer as you're talking. I'm like, okay, all right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Yeah. Yeah. I hear you. I feed off you, man. I like your energy. It's good. (laughs) Likewise. Likewise. So question for today is, I guess the best way to phrase it is, when's the right time to add another office? And I'm assuming what they're talking about is you have one and you want to add two. Mm -hmm. And this could apply to someone that has two and now wants three. But if you've already got three, chances are you've already kind of figured out where you're going, right? Yeah. It's this cool thing. It's like, man, one day I want to be a practice owner. I want to be a practice owner. And then someone gets there and they're like, oh, some people own multiple practices. And a dentist might look and say, well, I'm not that busy right here. If I had like a satellite location, then I could be, I could spend less time here and more time there. I could be more productive for more of my working hours during the week. And to me, that just seems like a a failed model. I feel like you're more better off building your single office. Now, it it may be that you're just, your location sucks. It's too saturated. It's a very difficult market and might not be worth the grind where you might consider actually moving to a different location. But for the most part, I think you're probably good in your location. Maybe you need some more, more marketing. You need to like focus more on your brand. You need to focus more on getting more new patients. But I think if you're, if you're opening up an additional office because you're not busy, I think you're, you're missing the point. Now, if somebody wants to open a second office because they are very busy and they want to extend their systems that they created and almost like a franchise model where they, where they're going to take all this, the systems and all the stuff they already created and they're going to put in the new office to have that be successful. I think that's a great thing to do, but I think you've got to have the, the flagship needs to be ready. You need to have your systems in place so that you can translate them and then pull people from your existing flagship and insert them into your new office. And I think things will go well in that regard. But if you're doing it just as a satellite, just because you're not busy or just because you think it's Two's better than one. I think that's the wrong thing. I think it is, and you'll you'll have a better answer on this, Justin. Is I think two is manageable. I think it's when people get to three, it starts getting a little squirrely. For me personally, I've never owned more than one. I've just always been my one big practice. I think it's the equivalent of maybe four average practice. I don't know what how what it would be number wise, but yeah, I can't even imagine what it would be like to have in a second office at, at this point for me. Yeah, I think that's I think that's wise advice. It always starts with why, right? Like, why do you want a second practice and figuring that out and then talking to a number of people who have done what you're about to do, right? There's a lot of resources. You can, there's social media chats, there's, there's private groups, you know, there's coaches, there's maybe even friends of yours that have, have done this, but 
if you plan on doing multiple offices, surround yourself by people doing it. And honestly, that what I'm finding mostly is that the guys that that want to do or the the dentists that want to do additional offices, ultimately they are they got the bug based on what they've heard someone else doing or they've got other friends that are doing it and they're they're competing with them, right? Yeah. So most of them are already surrounded by folks like that in their lives. So you don't have to look too far. But then also just realize that if you've got one practice and it's doing pretty well, the grass is not always greener on the other side. And I know in the beginning, when I first started doing multiple practices, now we understand like you develop a thicker skin, you start to stay calmer when things are going sideways, you learn to trust yourself more, that sort of stuff. You know, I don't see that with a lot of folks the first few years that they're at it and it's a lot of stress and no one wants to say that they don't know what they're doing. So even your friends are lying to you about how good it is, right? <laughs> it's, uh, they're not being forthcoming. And so you have to peel back the layers of the onion to really get down to the, the core. What's the truth of it? And the truth is, you know, it was hard scaling your first practice, right? So that's going to be magnified keeping in mind that the reason why your original practice is successful is because you are there, you're present, you're focused on one thing. You know, that's the hack in life, right? Any human being can pretty much get whatever they want as long as they're not focused on too many things at one time. And they that, that's all they obsess about. That's all they're going after, right? You know, it's like having your, your second child or your third child or your fourth. You have your first child, everything goes into that first child. You have two, three, four. And, you know, all of a sudden you can't, give the same level of one-on-one attention to everybody anymore. It's the same thing with the practices. There's only one of you. So before you do it, you got to be sure that you have people, team members, partners who are going to be able to help you create a second practice or acquire a second practice and transition it as well very, very successfully. And so that you're not adding additional stress. Even if you plan it well, it's never smooth sailing right? There's always problems. One guy I heard say it best, I can't remember who this was, but it was at some conference and it sort of resonated with me. We were scaling from, at that time, I believe we were like going from nine to 12. And he said, you know what, like scaling dental practices and growing a group of practices is like crawling over glass, right? I was like, dude, (laughs) it's so true. It it does feel like that sometimes, like where's the light at the end of the tunnel? Right. Like I'm just, I'm just solving problems all day. And I've come to terms with that because I enjoy solving problems. There's not a day that I get up where it's just like, Oh, everything's perfect. You know, there's always a problem that can, if you don't control it, launch you into anxiety mode, right? Anxiety comes from a lot of future think. What if, what if, what if, what if, what if, and you get anxious and I'm, I'm, I'm vulnerable to that. I would get anxious, but again, ask yourself if you want to insert that degree of complexity into your life because there are other options. You know, sometimes you don't have the best use of space within the current practice you're in and it's bursting at the seams. So you figure out a way to expand that and add more capacity, right? That might be, if you're, if you're bursting at the seams, you've probably done the hours and the expanded hours and whatever, probably talk to the neighbors next door. They're not going anywhere. So there's always an opportunity that you can identify to add maybe an additional operatory, maybe to add that revenue. Now with the second, third, the second office, I find that people do pretty well. Like they're not spread too thin. When they get to three, I find it very, it's different now. You're outnumbered, right? A lot of guys, a lot of people that did it, their husband's a dentist or their wife's a dentist as well. And they were at a one-to-one even at two, right? From a provider perspective. I think the number one factor that I've learned now, like, because I used to complicate this, but I try to really just kind of deconstruct, like what makes second, third, fourth, fifth, 10th offices successful? 
If they're an acquisition target, it's the quality of the, the asset, right? Did you buy it at the right price? Is the dentist who's there, do they have runway and do they want to stick around for some time, right? Et cetera, et cetera. If you're buying good assets, other people are doing value add practices. Well, those can be just as hard as scratch start sometimes, right? And then there's there's startups and those aren't easy. So I guess I wouldn't go into any of these scenarios unless the individual doing the productivity, the one who's going to be the leader at the practice, isn't someone that I'd want to spend significant time with. That's my biggest piece of advice to everybody. If you're going to do a second practice, whether you buy it or start it, figure out who that partner is going to be because you're not going to be bouncing between two places. What's going to happen is if you do that, you're going to go spend half of your time at the other practice trying to get it going because you can't get an associate to be there if it's a startup. Or you're going to be putting out fires because the new value add you bought, you have an associate there now or the dentist that's there is checked out, you know, unless there's somebody who's staying for five years because you paid them sort of like a what the DSOs are doing, right? So find find that partner, like figure that out. Who's that going to be and, and get them in from the start? Because if you start spending more time at the other practice or even portion of your time, you've lost that focus that we talked about earlier. And you know what happens? The initial baby feels neglected and all these cultural issues start popping up and you got to be prepared to deal with those. So the simplest way to do it is uh, be patient about your timeline. If you're doing this through debt financing and this is family run, we're not talking to folks out there who are like, I'm just going to go get a bunch of money and grow this thing. You know, you're wired differently. That's different. I'm talking to the dentist that maybe only wants three, maybe only wants six, then wants to finance it on their own throughout uh, or through, through a bank. So find the right partners, understand why you want to do this in the first place before you get into it. And once you've decided to do it, here's when the right time is. The right time is when your initial practice that you either acquired or started is doing very, very well. It is like Paul alluded to, you don't want to go buy something else just to maintain productivity because your original location is, is terrible. You want to sell that original location. There's no point in holding on, you know, when the ship is sinking, right? And there are examples of this. The dentist ends up going to work as an associate uh, somewhere else. So they end up working or buying another practice because it's more productive, but that's still a sinking ship. You're paying with your heart. You're not using the profitability to pay down the debt. You're using your own dollars earned by doing dentistry to pay off the debt on the other practice, for example. And I've seen that happen with so many people. And it's it's absolutely not the right reason to, to start a second. You should not do that. You're better off associating with somebody or selling that and then going and starting all over from scratch. You know what I was feeling when you were given this whole answer is that like, I mean, the listeners know, like I, I'm in the office about 10 and a half hours a week three weeks or less a month. So I'm, I'm not there a lot. I spend a lot of time on the podcast. I spend a lot of time on real estate, yeah. coaching, stuff like that. So people are like, I'm not just sitting on my ass watching Netflix every day. But as you were talking, I'm just like, well, shit, maybe I should open a second practice. I got good <laughs> systems. I got time to spend on this new baby. And then as you got to the end and you talked about like the sinking, I'm, I'm like, ah, no, 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 I don't want that. <laughs> Why would I introduce that level of anxiety in my life? This is like, but that's how it is. People talk to other dentists. They're like, man, I should do that. I was literally yeah. just doing that when you were talking. I'm like, that I, I come back to earth. I'm, I'm back where I'm at. I'm good where I'm at. I don't need to own my second practice. So 179 a month, dentalbusinessmentor.com. We've got a new module on reducing no shows, cancellations. Check that out www.dentalbusinessmentor.com. Take care.